Hi everyone, Pastor Greg here. Welcome to Christmas, December 26th here at Union Chapel, online only. Thanks for tuning in and joining us. I know you've enjoyed the service so, so far and we trust that you've been having a joyful and meaningful holiday season, a Merry Christmas. I assume you're with family and friends now and maybe you're all tuning in together. So welcome to you, glad, glad to have you today. And just wanna encourage you to know that next year is gonna be a good year and that God is with us and we can take comfort and confidence in knowing that he is a faithful God and will make all provision for us. So be encouraged today. Well, I wanna just briefly share a little message with you today that comes out of the New Testament, Gospel of Mark, chapter five. And I wanna read uh, several verses there beginning at verse 21. And I have entitled this message, The Three Mile an Hour God. The Three Mile an Hour God. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Mark chapter five. Of course, we'll project these words on the screen. And beginning at verse 21, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus, he came to him and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. It's very serious. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed, pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came upon him, uh, behind him in the crowd, and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that the power had gone out from him, he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? And overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. What a moment. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and when they came to the house of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they all laughed at him. And after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means Little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. 
And he gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. May God inspire us and instruct us through these powerful stories. Uh, thanks so much. Well, listen to me. Christianity, when it is true to itself, listen to this carefully, when it's true to itself, always proclaims the power and the healing and the transformation that is found in Jesus Christ. Let me say it a different way. When we lose focus on Jesus, we cease to be holy and completely Christian. We just get off the point, off the base, when we are not totally focused on him. It is the person of Jesus Christ which makes us the people of God. He is our focus. He is our life. So now as we face a new year, some thoughts from this passage. The first point I want to make, and it's on your outline if you're following along in the app, is to reach out to Jesus. That's what Jairus did. He's well known. He's respected in the synagogue. He's one of the rulers. And he comes to ask for help for his 12-year-old daughter, who obviously is very, very ill, unto death. And he's desperate, this father, this Jairus. And he falls at Jesus' feet and says, will you come and pray for my daughter? And Jesus says, yes, I will. And so he begins his walk toward the home of Jairus. And this great crowd has gathered around him and probably growing in numbers of people. And, and as he's walking in this crowd, he's caught by this woman with this issue of blood. She, on the other hand, different from Jairus, she has no name, she has no status, she has no title. She is a woman alone and 12 years suffering with this issue of blood. And she touches him. And this woman is unclean because of her condition. 12 years of issues of blood. And despite her great need, she has no access to God. She has no access to the temple because of her unclean state. She has no access to a priest or to healing. But there's good news in this story, as you know, because everything in Jewish system, in Jewish law, has actually been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. He fulfills the priesthood. He is the fulfillment of the law. He becomes the final sacrifice. He fulfills everything that was held sacred in the Old Covenant, the law, the priesthood, the sacrificial system, the temple. All of it is fulfilled in Jesus. Remember, he used these words, I've not come to abolish the law, but rather to fulfill the law. And so in all these categories, he's the fulfillment of all of it. And though this woman has been shut out because of her unclean state, this issue of blood, and couldn't go to the temple, watch what happened to her that day. In Jesus Christ, the temple has come to her. The, the presence of God has come to her. Now, remember, the Jewish view of holiness was that if someone unclean touched something or someone who was clean, the clean thing becomes unclean. It never happened in reverse. Let me say it again. When anything unclean touches something clean, the clean thing becomes unclean. Never the other way around. So in this interaction, look what happens. Something different is going on. 
When this unclean woman touches Jesus, she becomes clean. Do you see, do you see it's, it's backwards? What's happening here? As it turns out, sickness has to flee from Jesus. Life and uncleanliness actually flees from his purity. The woman touches just the hem of his robe, and cleanliness floods through her whole body and heals her. And she knows it. She, she feels it happening to her. Jesus spins around in this crowd of people and asks the question, who touched me? Who, who drew power from me? Now listen, we push and shove our way through life. Recently I heard um, one of our Muslim friends here in town organizing around the resettlement of Afghani refugees here in Muncie. And we're participating in that process. We have a wonderful team of people and we've already contributed funds. And it's a good thing to do to befriend these uh, Muslim uh, folks from Afghanistan. And that's what we're doing. And he was, uh, he was rec recruiting money and volunteers and, and he rehearsed a, an event that uh, solicited money from another person and the person was asked, do you believe that Americans are stingy? And this Muslim man said, absolutely not. American people are very generous, but they all seem to be in a great hurry. They all seem to be rushing around. They're willing to volunteer and to help if they can fit it in to an already exhausted schedule. It's an interesting perspective coming from a person from another culture now living in our culture. It's very interesting. And so Jesus knew that someone had touched him, and he finally ferrets her out of this crowd. The woman finally just confesses, look, it was me. I touched her, and he, she falls down in front of Jesus, but she knows she's healed. And Jesus simply says to this woman, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Isn't that beautiful? What a wonderful moment for this woman. So let me, let me just say as you anticipate the new year to reach out to Jesus. The, when in doubt, reach to Jesus. When in a pickle, reach to Jesus. When you're confused, reach to Jesus. When you don't know for sure what to do next, reach toward Jesus. And on your good days, your best days, keep reaching towards Jesus. This, this is good advice at any phase and time of life that when you wonder what to do next, reach for Jesus. Well, that's, that's, that's good advice right there. That's, that's wise. Hear that. Receive that. Now, that leads me to the second thought I want to give you, and that is that we should adjust our pace. The title of this message is Three Mile an Hour God, and, and three miles an hour actually happens to be the pace that a human being walks. It's curious, isn't it? The disciples that day had a singular view of the mission of Jesus, and that was after this high official, this Jairus fellow, inquires of Jesus, the disciples know about this mission. Okay, we're going to his house to pray for his daughter. This is important. This guy's high, highly recognized. He's got lots of status. He's got lots of influence. So our mission is to get to this man's house and pray for his daughter. And Jesus, walking at three miles an hour, is interrupted 
by the crowd and by this woman with the issue of blood. Now, when you read the Gospels and you, and you observe the life of Jesus, you'll, you'll realize that Jesus was a man who never minded being interrupted. How do you relate to that? I don't like thinking about it. Can I make a confession? I hate to be interrupted. I just, I don't do well with interruptions. Because, you know, I'm on a mission. I've got things to do, and people to see, and places to go. And I, I'm just, I get focused like that. And the interruptions just don't sit right with me. And I know I'm not like Jesus when it comes to interruptions. I need to do better. Jesus went through his life. He never went faster than three miles an hour. Think about that. He changed the world. He has altered the course of all of eternity. And he did it never going faster than three miles an hour. We're rushing around, meeting ourselves, coming and going. It's crazy how fast we go. We need to slow our pace, adjust our pace. And so he's not running to Jairus' house. He's not in a big hurry. He just continues walking. A Japanese theologian by the name of Kosoki Koyoma wrote a book called The Three Mile an Hour God Biblical Reflections. Isn't that a charming title for a book? The thrust of the book is that the reason most of us miss the Lord in our daily lives is because we're running and dashing through life while God is moving at three miles an hour, the pace of walking. We're, we're commanded in Scripture, how do we relate with God? We want to walk with God. That, that's the phrase the Bible uses. So Jesus walked through the world. Let me put this on the screen, this statement. Check it out. It is amazing to realize that Jesus accomplished the redemption of the entire world at three miles an hour. So make a point of slowing your pace so you can be sensitive to the pain of those around you. Not only will it be good for you, to slow your pace, it will help you to encounter people who have needs around you. One of my mentors years ago looked at me in the eyes and he said, Greg, he says something you'll always remember, walk slowly through a crowd. Never be in a hurry because you never know who God may have you to minister to. If you're walking slowly, you can notice people around you and notice their need. There are people in your life right now, they need to know Jesus. And you're going so fast that there's never an opportunity to notice them. And they don't get a chance to actually pause and receive from you the wonderful hope that you have within you. So we need to adjust our pace. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? As we approach a new year and you th think about a resolution for the new year, how about that one? Let's slow our roll, and begin to more contemplative, walk through our, our, our daily lives, not only sensitive and aware of our own life and needs, but sensitive to those around us. It'll make a difference. Be gracious to offer the healing, hope, and salvation of Jesus. All right, last thought. Here's the last thought. Don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. That's the phrase that Jesus used when the word came that Jairus' daughter had died. Now, this point in the scripture, it says that Jairus' daughter was 12 years old. Do you note the symmetry there? 
This girl has been alive for 12 years. The woman healed with the issue of blood had been suffering for 12 years. It's an interesting uh, parallel there in this passage. And then the word comes that the daughter has died, and Jesus looks to Jairus and all those around them, and he says, don't be afraid. Just believe. Let me just remind you, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Yeah, even death itself has to flee from him. Death cannot hold up in his presence. So he goes to Jairus' home. He dispels all the people who are in there who are laughing at him because he said, look, she's not really dead. You watch. And they said, well, you're, you're not right because she's dead. And so he, dis he, he removes all of those people, and he only takes his disciples in and the parents. And so, and so this atmosphere of faith is created, and the text there retains the very language of Jesus as he spoke to her in Aramaic, this term talitha kum, which translated means little girl, get up. And immediately death fled from her. And like the woman with the issue of blood, life flows into her. And she wakes up and she is alive. Can you even imagine? Can you imagine being the parent? Can you be, imagine being Peter, James, or John there? Astonishing. Listen, in the year 2022, just around the corner now, reach out to Jesus. Adjust your pace for your own sake and for those you will notice around you. And don't be afraid. Believe in God. Trust Jesus with your life. He is our life and hope. 12 years, maybe that's enough. Suffering, disease, lack, death. Let's trust God for fullness and healing and restoration in the year 2022. Maybe we'll say the best is yet to come. One more verse, I'll put it on the screen for you. Someone wrote this out of this text and it's thoughtfully done. A man who could claim both status and name saw Jesus' power to touch and heal. A woman unknown who suffered alone dared touch and found that same power was real. We too can find that same grace, healing, and power as we reach out to Jesus. Amen. God bless you next year. Let's pause and pray. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful story. We thank you for the faithfulness of Jesus. So help us to take these lessons, these simple lessons, and apply them as we approach the next year. God, your grace is sufficient. You are more than enough. Thank you for meeting each one of us at the point of our need. So God, help us to turn our eyes upon Jesus, adjust our pace as necessary, and to keep our confident trust in you as we approach this new year. We pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.